Nickel, our business unusual correspondent, Colin Cullis, uh, with these global platforms, the, I don't know, the, I suppose it all started with Microsoft, it all started with others, um, but uh, big moves, of course, big moves um, by these international companies to dominate the world. Yeah, so these are the fangs that uh, you often refer to, who are often considered as part of the, the really dominant winner-take-all ones. But the starting principle for this, and we had our budget speech today, I'm pretty sure our finance minister would love to see South Africa trade with everybody, more specifically, everybody buy stuff from us. And every businessman would love to say, why, why doesn't everybody just trade with me? And in the past, you were limited to who lived in your town or your country, because it was hard doing business outside of your country or over long distances. Uh, but the World Wide Web has changed that, so particularly for digital services and products. It's a lot easier to have uh, an exchange and payments and all those other things go on. Uh, and actually, I think tomorrow, Jack Ma is here in South Africa. This is the man who built his business from saying, I want to connect buyers and sellers in China and then around the world and built the hugely successful Alibaba on that basis. He's coming to the big investment conference, which follows today's medium-term budget policy statement. Business Unusual, of course, is brought to you by PwC. PwC can help you craft the benefit that adds to your business. Jack Ma in town tomorrow. He's going to be given, delivering a keynote address at this big investment summit. Um, but he's one of these guys who dominates his particular segment of the Internet. Yeah, and he would he would argue that it's for a good reason. This is a good thing. There's bigger markets, there's greater access, there's more competition. You know, what could go wrong? Uh, and he's not he's not entirely wrong. There's it, it changes things, and and for a lot of people that would be pretty significant. However, uh, it does create what is known as a superstar economy or a winner take all economy. And there there are things you just have to be mindful of. You know, know that if you're going into that, there, there can be some big bumps. The industry that I would argue maybe saw this effect first was the music industry. And it happened a long time ago. The big disruptor then was the gramophone. You see, prior to us being able to record music, you had to listen to it live. If you were the best performer, you could only be in a venue on a particular night. Which means and there were, there, were, there were no speakers. There were no amplifiers. So it would have been a small room, a room that was big enough to carry your voice. Perhaps a room with great acoustics. You could fit a couple of hundred people into it. But only at any one time could you do that. Entirely right. So the second best performer would get a lot of bookings, as with the third, fourth, fifth, and you were right down the thing. Because as long as there were lots of places where you could perform, there would be lots of demand to have people perform there. Along comes the recorded voice, the record player, the ability to amplify, and your venue can get bigger. You can listen to a recorded piece. The the the, the quality, the the fame of the most famous person grows, the pool available for other people to get a job shrinks. And every time the music industry broadcast, uh, digital uh, reproduction, and these days streaming has increased, the size of the fame, the number of super duper stars has has grown, the, the, their actual fame, even though the pool of superstars gets smaller. So these days, you're kind of surprised that this artist you've hardly ever heard of has made more money, sold more albums than somebody like the Beatles. You think, how could that be possible? Well, <laughs> it was just a lot easier now to have the whole world listen to your stuff. And so uh, this is probably an example you'll definitely know. The, the first artist to get a billion plays on YouTube was a kind of not well-known artist from South Korea called Sai who had Gangnam Style. When I say that to you, though, you say, oh, oh, Gangnam Style. exactly, you absolutely know it. And the person who beat that record was Luis Fonzi's Despacito, which happened only tail end of last year. And in part, it was a massive Spanish hit. Justin Bieber heard it in a club. Justin Bieber did a version of it, and it became an international hit. And that is over five and a half billion plays uh, so, so you know, that's how the, the superstardom works. It also shows how fame creates fame. So in the music industry, uh, it's very hard to break through, even though everybody's got access, everybody can play their songs, as it were. But it's very hard to be noticed when everybody's playing the same song 
everywhere. And this is the hassle with those winner-take-all types of economies. The same thing is kind of already in place or starting to happen in, in a, a sport where you'll have these super-duper powerful clubs paying and getting the best players. And everybody watches those teams and those players. And a lot of other leagues, a lot of other uh, um, sectors of the sport can hardly afford to pay the players a decent salary. Now, the hassle with that is you need lots of people to want to play a sport so you can find the best players, so you can sustain the interest and the, uh, and the quality. But if you have this sort of asymmetrical sort of setup for it, well, then it doesn't really work very well. And this kind of goes across everything. And again, those fangs, when you've got social networks and there's only one, when you've got a YouTube streaming service or a Netflix type things, when you've had hundreds of telev- television stations all around the world, all competing, all creating content. And now you've got this Netflix that just dominates everything and did so in the space of a very short time. Then that's kind of a worry because we're not 100% sure as to does this mean everybody give up? We're going to have sort of monopolies dominating everything and you need a lot more regulation. And that's probably where I would have left this evening if there wasn't for some new research that had come out from McKinsey. Now, notwithstanding people's <laughs> hesitation about... Okay, Colin Carlos, <laughs> thank you so much for coming in. The moment you get into crack money... Yeah, right? okay. But I'm, sure there, I'm sure there are still good people at McKinsey. Indeed. And so what this report found, that while it is true that the top 10%, and they, they worked on uh, companies with more than a billion uh, dollars of revenue globally... Uh, Uh, As a a sample that said the top 10% of those are getting 80% of the economic profits from, uh, you know, all of the wealth that is created. And in a piece that the FT did with them to say and interrogate that report said it figured, well, then that does suggest it's all over. It's just the top guys and everybody else is going to fail. Except the report found that when somebody falls, they fall fast and they fall far. And when a new disruptor comes along, man, they can grow really quickly. So the unusual part of the business unusual in this regard is the fact that the movement because of a winner-take-all economy still allows for you to go hugely quick uh, hugely big very quickly but fail just as fast and that I suppose is very scary and if you want to think about an example that probably well known to South Africans would be something like 10 cent because at the beginning of the year there was 150 billion plus added onto its its market cap and Chinese authorities said look we need you to start limiting the amount of screen time that particularly kids are getting when they're playing games and a lot of people said, oh, well, that's maybe going to damage a lot of things. I don't know in the greater scheme of things if it will, but the perception of it uh, gave people reason to believe that it will. Down it went. Uh, and similarly, you know, when uh, a lot of these companies come and they, and they get noticed because they're, they're doing great things. And so people believe, well, then it's, it's going to be worth a lot. They're going to be, become massively popular. And MoviePass is the one I'm referring to here. They wind up burning through all their cash trying to become this number one thing. They haven't actually got a successful business model. And if the money runs out before the, all the, uh, the fame and fortune follows it, well, then they're just another uh, footnote in the history of failed companies. Uh, and this it, is the real challenge for them. It's so interesting because what we're, what we're enjoying at the moment uh, through the opportunities brought us by Netflix and brought us by an Apple Music or a Spotify or whomever you might use in the world of music streaming and it's so easy and it's so convenient and so affordable um, that you sort of take for granted that it is causing this massive upheaval in an industry and has actually potentially limiting your choices over a longer period of time. But the theory being that disruptors will be disrupted may open up the markets in future or leads to further consolidation. I'm not too sure how that plays out yet. Well, the, 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 the thing here seems to be that as a result of the, the Internet, this method of us connecting and, and the principle that it relies on called the network effect, it means that the, the playing field has changed. You get 
uh, a much bigger shift that rather than the rich get richer, the rich get super rich. You create this uh, super uh, economy, a superstar economy. But it's not to say then then it's it's static. It it's still very very volatile because anybody at the bottom has almost got the same access as the guy right at but the top. To be noticed, the challenge is getting noticed, and there's a downside to that too because more and more pressure will be on a business or a person to make claims about their product or try and get a product to market that isn't quite ready because quite honestly what else can you do you can just sit on the side and you know throw your hands up and say well it all belongs to google it all belongs to amazon so why bother starting a, a retail operation because they just own everything so the the likelihood that somebody's possibly going to come with something that's maybe not all exactly above board just to get noticed is one issue um the other issue though i suppose is you know when you have as you said such big dominant players, uh, they can start changing the nature and the rules of the game. And, and regulators, the European Union is the, is the one that's been doing the most, has been putting more and more regulations on those companies. And regulations often is the thing that prevents smaller companies from being able to get access. So it's one of those things that in a purely, uh, you know, internet digital way, the crazy disruption thing is probably its best protector. But the real world can't survive on that. And when you've got half regulated, half disruption, the, the mess it creates might not be right, in which case we do need much cleverer minds than McKinsey and everybody else to help us plot a way forward because this is certainly very unusual business territory. It certainly is. I mean, in one final tale, I've told it before, I may even have told it to you, but forgive me, I'm getting to an age where I repeat. <laughs> I said I'm getting to an age where I repeat. My, I'm getting to an age. Um, uh, Quiz Becker at Davos two or three years ago um, and talked about Google screwing them over when it came to internet searches in Europe, and he was really frustrated by this. This is the mighty Nuspats, the mighty Nuspats that owns a big chunk of the mighty ten cent, feeling hard done by by the Googles of the world. Now, if Nuspats can't stand up to Google in, in Europe when it comes to prioritizing searches, for example, um, how are the rest of us meant to do it? And I suppose that's the warning, um, that these big guys are incredibly powerful, and we've allowed them to become incredibly powerful because they've made life really easy for all of us. Exactly right. Colin Cullis. Colin Cullis. Colin Cullis with Business Unusual.